Welcome to the Life Creation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Hello, my dears. Thank you for tuning in to this episode on the Life Creation Podcast. This is a little bit of a different episode. So some of you may know that I was in Zanzibar over Christmas and New Year's. It was a five-week timeout that I gifted myself. And the simple fact to have so much time still feels so luxurious in the very best way. <laughs> and during my time there, I had the privilege to meet Ame Hachimakame. Ame was born and raised in Zanzibar and then moved for love to Norway, where he lived for almost 10 years. And now for almost three years, he's back in Zanzibar. While he was showing us some of the really cool and amazing places on the island, we had some amazing conversations about life in Zanzibar and life in Norway, the different cultures and his experience in living in both places. And I really, I really learned a lot. So <laughs> I asked him if he would come onto the podcast and luckily I did bring my little microphone. If you hear some background noises, you know why, because it's Zanzibar. And at the beginning, we talked a little bit more facts and figures <laughs> um, about him. And then we get into more of his cross-culture experience. So thank you for staying on and for listening in. So Ame, thank you so much for taking your time here to be on the Life Creation Podcast. Yes, you're welcome. So for the listeners, as I mentioned in the intro, we are here in Zanzibar, so you may hear some tropical background noises. <laughs> and I met Ahmed like two weeks ago. He was driving us to Stone Town and we had a super interesting conversation. So you're born and raised here, is that correct? Yes. And then how long did you live in Norway? Well, I lived in Norway since 2008. So in total, I can say I lived in Norway almost 10 years. And you came back then 2018? End of 2017. 17. Yes. Mm. And what made you move, you move, what made you move to Norway? Um, because I met the love of my life. I fell in love. She was cute and I was young. We were both young. So I was like, why not? Yeah. Did you meet here? Yes, I met her when I was working at the hotel. Yeah, that's how we met. And then you lived here together for a while and then decided to move to Norway. Yeah, we met 2000 and 
2004, December, somewhere there. And then she was coming back and forth until 2008, we got married. Then I decided to move with her to Norway. And how was it for you to, you know, this is now a big, long question, <laughs> but we can break it down a little bit too. How was it for you to be in Norway, or let's start with arriving in Norway? Yeah, it was a culture shock when I get to Norway. First, when she was driving me from the airport to, um, to where she lives, there was no one in the street, and I was thinking, where are the people? I asked her. And she was like, ah, this is highway. There's no one walk around here. Because I'm used here on the road, everyone is walking, everybody. Like bicycle, donkeys, like chickens, everyone is just running around on the street. Yeah. So well, that was like a big shock. And it must have also been a shock in terms of the temperature. <laughs> the temperature, I think, when I got there was summer. I think it was in August somewhere. So the temperature was okay. Yeah. yeah. And then how was it for you to make your own life in Norway? I mean, it's, she's from there, it's her friends, her family, and you know, for, for you, it's, everything is new. How was that for you? It was very difficult for a friend-wise because I didn't have friends. I knew some people, but you know, everyone was busy with their stuff, with their life. And her friends was her friends. So I was more like together with her or her family. Her family was really nice. So I got a lot of support from her family. Yeah. And did you meet um, people also from Tanzania or was it more like the friends that you made were, I mean, of course, also her friends, but did you meet other Norwegians? Were they open to um, friendships? Um. There were some Tanzanian guys that they've been living there every, um, already. Maybe like they had relationship or working or studying. And uh, to get to Norwegian people to become like friends, it wasn't easy. I tried so much, but I can say after 10 years when I left, I, I felt like I didn't have like a genuine friend that I can kind of count on. Do you think this is one of the or one of the biggest cultural differences between here and I mean, I'm going to say Europe now because I feel like it could be a little bit similar in European countries? Yes, because I think here it's so easy to make friends. That's why I like it here. People are very social. You can talk to anyone without thinking like they're going to think like it's strange. Yeah. But there is like, if you say hi to somebody, it's like, what? You know, it's like, uh, do, I know, do I know you? Something like that. So for me, it was like a big challenge. Yeah. So people here are more open. And I mean, I see that too in Switzerland. They're more reserved and guarded in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here people are open, as you can see. Like yes. everyone says hello. Some, they have their intentions, but still they can smile and look at you and like with their like smile on their face. But up there is like, people are, I don't know, they're so serious. Like <laughs> you don't know if they're happy or they're not happy. They just, you know, something like that. Well, that's a good 
segue into you know happiness you know european is so rich and abundant and here people have less um do you feel people are happier here than there or is it similar i think it's similar people here are happier because maybe that's the best way for us to comfort ourselves being grumpy and sad all the time and poor at the same time maybe it will make th things even worse mm -hmm. and there i don't know maybe because everyone has enough for themselves that's why they just kept for themselves yeah yeah but i also feel like here the sense of community is much stronger than I'm going to say Europe again. I just see it also, especially in big cities. I think, did you, did you live in the city or in the countryside in Norway? I lived in the city in Oslo, I think, for six years or something. And then we moved out to this small town, not village, but out of, out, out of the city. Uh, people there were more social because the houses were like closer to each other. And, uh, you know, most people who live there, they have, like, kids. So kids can run around outside, and then the parents can be around so they can talk to each other. While in the city, everyone busy, you know, going to work, come back after work, lock themselves in, no contact at all. Yeah, that's what I, what I feel in Switzerland, too, is that in the, the cities are even more, quote-unquote, isolated, or people are more to themselves than even if you just go a little bit to the countryside. So you have two children, correct? Yes, I do. One, uh, the boy is 10, Elias, and uh, Mina is five, yeah. And they're both in Norway? Yes, they live with their mom in Norway. I think then there's very safe hands. So I miss them, but I think it's okay. Yeah, how often do you see them? Uh, once or twice a year. And uh, of course, I talk to them almost every day like on a WhatsApp call. And you mentioned before that, you know, meeting then with other parents, was then, once you had children, was it easier to get a kind of a social network? Yeah, it was kind of, because the kids doesn't have boundaries, so they play to each other, like with each other, and then, of course, the parents kind of forced to have a contact to each other <laughs> as well. So, yeah, we kind of had that uh, contact through kids, yeah. Mm. Kids are good segues, and they don't, they don't care. They just play. Yeah, exactly. They don't care about color or if you can talk or you don't talk their language. They're just kids, you know, yeah. How was it for you to learn Norwegian? It was difficult. It took me some time because when I, when I got to Norway, I was almost like 30 years old. I think my brain was almost dead when it came to... <laughs> learn new language so it was hard and uh, people were expecting like you could speak the language so if you go to the shop everywhere you go they speak to you in the language and some of them if you don't speak the language they're like you know like what don't you speak Norwegian yeah so it was a little bit difficult yeah but um after some years I could understand stuff and I could communicate and write a little bit yeah that's amazing and um, in terms of your work, how was that for you? 
Inore? Yes. Um, work, I think it was fine because the I was lucky. Um, the place where I've been working was like very good environmental workplace. And um, some places or many places where I've been working was like uh, foreigners. So it's so easy for me. You know, foreigners, foreigners are, you, you, you meet together in a foreign country, you become kind of family in a way. So it was easy, I would say. Mm. And did you did you experience any discrimination, like racially, that you feel like um, made it harder for you? Not very openly, but you could feel it, you know? Yeah. So I cannot pinpoint exactly where I faced the discrimination. But you could feel it like maybe sometime if you, maybe you look for a job, you send your application, and then I assume, I don't know, but like when they see you have like a foreign name, you don't even get an answer. Yeah, and sometimes you can, I, I, I sent almost like over 100 um, application, and maybe 20 response. Yeah, so. I think they pick someone who, who either Scandinavian, and it doesn't. In Norway, I think it doesn't matter where you're from. If you are not from Denmark, Sweden, Norway, those Scandinavian country, you're still a foreigner, just like me, from Africa. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. So even if you're from another country, let's say in in Europe. Yeah, I think we face the same. Unless you have very good education, so they can pick education. But I don't think they look color or religion, no. I think they are more, I don't know how to say it, but um, yeah, because I remember very well one day, one time I went to like a pub to ask for a cleaning job. And uh, I get asked like, do you speak Norwegian? I said a little bit. Do you speak Danish? I said no. Do you speak Swedish? I said no. They said, okay, then you cannot get a job. Because if you could speak these three language, then you have a bigger chance of working with us. Yeah, so it was a little bit heartbreaking, but... Wow, yeah, that's, that, that is, is interesting, kind of yeah. Discrimination. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Is there a lot of Swedish and Danish in Nor Norway? Uh, Swedish. There are a lot of Swedish, because I think maybe the economy in Sweden is... I mean, in Norway, they have more opportunities for them to work, especially okay. for young people. Yeah. And so, you know, your children, they... They were born in Norway, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they grow up, you know, in, in Norway, you grew up here. Mm -hmm. And now, what do you feel, you know, for your, for your growing up here and them growing up there? What's kind of the biggest difference? And what would you like to also teach them that you maybe learned here that you feel they don't have in Norway? Um... I think um, to be open-minded, I think I feel like um, how can I say that's a tricky question. Mm, well, at least I'm trying to raise them like I've been raised, you know, like to love everyone, to be happy, not to complain of everything because they are lucky that they have everything there. I didn't grow up like that. I don't remember in my whole life, actually, that I had even a car toy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and my son, one day he counted the cars, it was like 100 cars. And I asked, hey, can I take some to Africa so I can give them to the kid? And he was like, ah, let me think about it, you know? <laughs> and then I'm thinking, okay, you have all these cars, you don't need them, you can give away some. So I think, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but I feel like um, they should appreciate what they have. That's how I want them to grow up like that. And then they should also think about other people. Yeah, like they have enough, other people doesn't have enough. So sometime maybe they should be like good in sharing stuff. I want them to grow up like that. That's a really good good intention to yeah. have. <laughs> Do they come and see you here? Yeah, they come here often, maybe like once or twice a year. So I either go there once, they come here once, we do like that. Maybe during this COVID time, then it was a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. So I only been there. They were here two times in 2019, then uh, 2020, the virus, 2019, 2020. And I was there, yeah, I was there to 2021, um, June to July, mid-July. Yeah, so with each other, I would say pretty often. Yeah. And so, no, I'm not sure if I have the, the numbers right, but you're back here now three years? Three years, four years now almost, yeah. Mm. How was it for you after being away for such a long time? I mean, I lived, when I moved back to Switzerland from Canada, it was 14 years. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's, I'm going to say, more similar Canada to Switzerland than Norway, Zanzibar. Yeah. When you moved back after such a long time, how how was that for you? Um, it was a bit hard because um, all my friends, I have very good friends. I'm very thankful for that. Very good family. Like I get support everywhere. But when I get back, then like I feel like everyone had their business. Like they're moving on with their daily life. And I feel like I was starting all over again. Yeah. So luckily, I have, like I say, I have a good friends, I have a good family, I had a place to stay. So it was just a matter of looking for a job. And um, I've been working with very good uh, people. So when I get back, then I get back to my old job. I was working at a dive center. Um, that was at Sunset Bangalore, scuba diving. Um, so then it was fine. Yeah, days was going by and then uh, it was difficult in a way that I missed my kids. I was kind of getting depressed at the beginning, yeah. But then after a while, of course, you know, during the day, it's fine because I'm busy with the people. In the evening when the sun goes down, then I was, it was very hard. Yeah, it took me some time, yeah. So now, now, yeah, now it's much better, <laughs> yeah. What, was it just time and process to feel better or did something particular help you? I think um, the biggest thing when I come back here, until today that is hunting me, is that um, I miss my kids so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like when I left Norway, I spent like almost 10 years there. And um, when I came back, I felt like I was alone. So I felt like in a way I lost 10 years of my life, I invest something, 10 years of my life, 
and then I came back with nothing. Yeah, so that was like really, really hard. So until now, I'm struggling with it. But um, when I talk to my kids, they give me hope and um, yeah, life goes on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how it is, but I can just imagine how, how hard that is. And it's good that you have family and friends here who give you support. Yeah, I have very good friends here who give me support, family, and my, actually, of course, my ex-wife, like, we are very good friends. We communicate every day. She's really, really nice. My kids. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm doing fine, in a way. But um, I think the biggest thing that I'm still struggling is my, my kids, my family. Yeah, I miss them so much because I feel like I, you know, I'm just me. I have no, no one, and my kids are there. Of course, my ex-wife, she's a very good woman. She's taking very good care of my kids. I'm not worried about it. They're in a safe hands. But in a way, I feel jealous that um, she's raising them, you know, enjoying the good time, bedtime, all this stuff that's going on with them, you know. I miss that. I wish I was in their life and doing the same like every morning, you know, wake them up, take them to shower, make them food, fight with them, you know, laugh with them, you know, all those stuff. Yeah, it's the everyday life to see, see them growing up. What made you move back? Ah, that's a hard question. I moved back because I think I didn't like the place. Norway is a great country, a lot of opportunities, but for me, I didn't find my place, you know, and I tried for almost 10 years, but I wasn't happy. So then I decided, like, to move back. Mm -hmm. And actually, I feel happy in that way, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't miss the country. I don't miss, like, being there, not at all. I only miss the loved one that I have who live there. And, um, yeah. But I think, yeah, the social life, the lifestyle, it wasn't for me. Yeah, so that's why I come back. It's hard here. But I, in a way, I feel like it was harder there, in a way. For example, um, I can wake up here in the morning and I don't know what I'm going to have for breakfast or what I'm going to have for lunch. But still, my mood is like, okay, whatever, I will get something to eat. And when the sun goes down, maybe I had lunch, I had, break I had breakfast, I had lunch, I had dinner. But in Norway, you wake up in the morning, you go in the fridge full of stuff, you know, meat, chicken, <laughs> pizza, you know. And then you don't know what to eat, you know, you just... You know, you don't know what to eat. You're just going to sit there again, and then you go back again. Then you're just going to end up take pizza, put it in the oven, eat. So it's two different lifestyle. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, in a way, I don't know. There is not my, my thing. I didn't like the lifestyle there. Mm. Mm. What do you think can Europeans learn from... I'm going to say Africans, but like maybe Tanzania, um, the people here, and vice versa. Like what can people learn here from 
what you've experienced or how you know the European or the Norwegian culture. So, yeah, so what can Europeans learn from, from people here and what can people from here learn? Uh, I think the culture is very unique thing. It's very special. It's very individual. I mean, um, like from country to country or from type of people, type of people. Yeah. So their culture, maybe for their perspective, is a good culture. And my culture is a good culture for my, how I see it. But of course, there's some few stuff that for me, when I was living in Norway, I find that people are less appreciate what they have. They don't uh, appreciate like stuff they have. And um, I want people to be like more thankful, you know, because like when I was there in Norway, you, you can drink the water from the tap, you know. I've been living there for 10 years. I never carry water in a bucket, you know. The electricity, like I said, like maybe never go off. And before it goes off, you hear the radio, the news, the newspaper, everyone saying, you know, this date is going to take off the power, you know, for this. Three months from now, the yeah. power is going to go off. It's going to go for 10 minutes, you know. And then people are like, oh, my God, it's going to be so warm, you know. During the winter, you know, they will, like during the summer, they will complain, maybe it's going to be so hot. We won't have like a cold drinks <laughs> for 10 minutes, you know. So I think they should be more like thankful, you know, because they have so much, you know, they have so much, they have very good healthcare, schools, you know, like a social benefit, you know, and then the infrastructure is good. There's so much good stuff, you know, to be honest. And here, yeah, we're struggling, you know, we don't have water in our houses. You have that has to buy it and it costs. People doesn't have jobs here. Many people just walking around with no jobs. And maybe in Europe, people have more, they're more on a safer side. You have a job. If you don't have a job, you can go to, like, to the office where they're dealing with the job. They help you out either with day money to help you get food. Here, no, we don't have that opportunity. So I think people should be very much uh, thankful for what they have. And uh, here... There is stuff that we should learn from you guys. I think I can pick one thing, environmental thing, you know, oh, to yes. keep the city clean. We don't have that uh, education. Mm -hmm. People grown up, they can drink water and just throw the plastic bottle on the street. They don't care. The garbage is everywhere. I think that we should learn to keep our city clean, like our village clean. And then, um, uh, what else can I say? Um, maybe sometime we should also appreciate what we have. Because for me, before I went to Norway, I was like, uh, Zanzibar just like Zanzibar. You know, when I see the beach, it's just like the beach. Hey, I meet tourists, then they say, ah, man, look at this star, star, so beautiful. And I was like, just the stars, so what? <laughs> you know? They're like, hey, can you go down towards the sunset? And I'm like, sunset? What it is with the sunset? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so then when I get to Norway, 
yeah, my ex-wife took me to the beach. I was like, yeah, let's go to the beach today. I said, yeah, okay. So we drove a little bit out. Um, I think the place called Big Doy, outside of Oslo. And then when we get there, I was like, ah, this is the beach. I was like, this? Is this the beach? Yes, but it's not like yours. I was like, yeah, okay. Because I didn't see like a whitey sandy beach. It was like stony, yes. I don't know what the color, like brown stony. And then the water was gray. It wasn't like a blue. So I was like, yeah, is this salty? So I take a bite because I thought it was like a river. What yes. I see. So yeah, yeah, it was salty. Then I was like, ah, okay, so this is the beach. So then I'm like, ah, okay, so now I know why you guys paying a lot of money to come to my country to enjoy the beach. Yeah. And then, of course, the sun. Um, during the winter, you see sun with very few days. Yeah. And here we always have sun like this. So now actually I stop complaining after, after living in Norway, like, ah, it's too much sun, too much sun. No, I think it's fine. Let it shine. And then what? The stars, you don't see the stars. You have to go out in the mountains, you know, somewhere far where there's no light in the street. Then you can see the stars. While here, you know, you walk with the stars, you know. Yeah, so I think we also need to appreciate that and to be like happy and thankful for where we come from. Yeah. And uh, what else? I don't know, is there anything you see? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great. I mean, I, it happened to me too when I, you know, was away and then came back to Switzerland and I, you know, I left, I was so young. I was like 20 and I just wanted to leave Switzerland. And then when I got back, I was like, or even when I already, when I was in the States, I was like, Oh, Switzerland is not that bad. <laughs> um, so I, I do think, you know, seeing other places does make us see what we have. Um, another thing I would like to touch on is, so here there is like a mix of Muslim and Christian, correct? We're in, in Tanzania? Yes. In Tanzania? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's more than Muslim and Christian. But those at least are the bigger languages, I mean religions. Mm -hmm. But um, so far, like, we live so good. Um, some t when I moved to Norway, I felt the gap or in the Western media between Islam and other religion, all the chaos, while I have never experienced here. So also, it was, it, in a way, it was harder for me to hear, like, a lot of, of bad stuff um, about Muslims or about Islam um, because I didn't grow up like that to hear like uh, people talk about each other in a bad way. Yeah, here Muslim, Christian, like you don't, we don't have the difference. You know, the only difference maybe I will go to mosque, mm -hmm. my Christian friend will go to church on Sunday, but we are friends. You know, people becomes couples, you know. So uh, I think it's a good thing here. Um, and I think that is also something like uh, people should understand because I don't know if you guys, you don't learn in school or the media or the politics, but I feel like sometimes you're very, there, not you, but, you know, the Western yeah, yeah. can think very 
um, negative ag against uh, Islam. But here we're doing fine. Yeah, Muslim, Christian, I guess there's a Jews here, there's other religion, no problem. Yeah, yeah that's, what I, that's why I ask this question, because that's what I notice, and I think it's so, so beautiful to see, right? And I do think the media does do a lot of um, pushing against each other, right? So yeah. I think it's really nice to see that um, here you just notice that there is different, different religions, but there, it's almost like not a topic, it's just everybody lives their yeah. life in a way. Mm. I think we are respecting each other. Um, yeah, I think we respect each other. So I cannot um, talk bad about religion, you know, or criticizing much about re your religion. And I think that is, maybe that is good for us. It's helping. We don't have like a freedom of speech that you can offend someone and say like, oh, I am free to talk whatever I want to talk, you know, I cannot, um, I respect your belief, you should respect my belief, and then, uh, because I think belief is very personal, yeah, so I cannot come here and say, hey, you know, why you Muslim does it, don't eat pig, you know, yeah, we don't eat pig, so what, you know, there's some people maybe in Christianity doesn't eat pig, people doesn't eat cow, so it shouldn't be a problem, you know, yeah. So here we live side by side and not a problem at all. We respect each other. And it's also nice what you said that people also, um, couples come together from the different religion. Yes, there. Uh, Sometimes you can face a little bit of, you know, misunderstanding in the families. But it's not a huge deal because um, I think from my opinion, what unites them is love, not religion, you know. And um, I believe there's only one God, and maybe God will judge you and judge me. Not you judge me or me, I judge you, okay, at the end of the day. So for my opinion, I think it's fine, you know. If somebody is like from this religion, marry that religion, if they agree, they are happy with it, yeah, I don't see why not. I agree, and I, I wish the more of the world would see it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I know the problem comes when how to raise the kids. Yeah, okay. yeah, there is a big problem. Yeah. So for my example, I can give it myself. I'm a Muslim. I believe, you know, in my religion. But my kids now are young, you know. Um, so when they grow up, when they know about religion, they can choose what is good for them. I mean, if they choose my religion, yeah, I'll be happy, you know. If they choose the other religion, um, it'll be okay in their life. And um, maybe I will challenge them by just asking questions, you know, why you choose this. Maybe they can explain, you know. But I think um, it's personal, so... If I'm Muslim, you are not non-Muslim. But at the end of the day, we sit here, we talk, we laugh, we do good stuff. I think that is important. Then just focusing in uh, who religion are you, what you're doing, you know. Yeah, and I think that's a big, big part of you know the entire world is like not judgment, right? Like even even now with with the whole COVID situation, there's a lot of 
polarity and a lot of judgment depending what opinion people have or, or not. Um, and I think what you said, it's just asking each other questions also to learn from each other. I think it's such a big um, opportunity actually. Yes, instead of just pointing finger. Yeah, you ask question, you get the answer, you're not satisfied, you ask the question again until you meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, instead of just criticizing, like pointing finger without even knowing why that person behaving or doing that way. Yeah, you need to get to know them first and maybe you can make a judgment. But without knowing them, you should just, you know, let it be, you know. So we're going to come to a close soon, but I have one more question. And I know that might be big and a not so easy question, but what are your visions and your dreams for your future? My vision? <laughs> I don't know. This is the thing um, maybe some of us fail because we have vision. But the thing is, um, sometimes if you... You, you need a st starting point, you know, to start somewhere to make your dreams come true, yeah. And for the life we're living in now, it's very difficult. So we just live day by day, you know. We have dreams, but you don't know what dreams because, I don't know, maybe my dream, I just want to be happy. I want to have good family, you know, happy friends, you know laugh a lot, you know, less crying maybe. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just enjoying the life. Yeah. I think that's not such a bad thing, you know, <laughs> also living in the moment. <laughs> yes. We're just living the moment, yeah. So, um, bigger dreams, I don't have bigger dreams. I have dreams, but I don't know. I'm 44 now. If I don't know my dreams, sounds, sounds weird, yeah? No. No? No. Um... I don't know. I just live the moment in the moment. Yeah. I think I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to stress like, you know, thinking about five years later. I don't know if I'm gonna be alive. You know. So I'm focusing today and tomorrow. Maybe the day after. The rest I leave it to God. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Ame, for for sharing a little bit of your story. No problem, you're very welcome. I hope, uh, yeah, I know. I hope it was a great interview. I don't know what you call it. So it was nice. Thank you. Yeah. I honestly wish I didn't hit stop recording when I did. <laughs> we continued to talk for a good little while. For example, how we here in Europe are very goal and vision oriented, which also moves us forward. However, we may also lose sight of today. And like John Lennon said, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And I love making plans. <laughs> and on the other hand, people in Zanzibar may not see the possibility that tomorrow has and what potential lies within them. So moral of the story, nothing is better than the other. For me, it's about seeing, reframing and appreciating who we are, where we come from and what we have 
and give the same courtesy to everybody else. Once again, every day of these five weeks, I learned that traveling opens my horizon in so many different aspects, not only on the outside, but also on the inside, and it connects to myself. So let's continue to learn from one another with an open mind and heart. Much, much love, my dears. Thank you for your open ears and your open mind and hearts.